revolution of human perception, a revolution of human awareness from which everything else comes. As the Beatles said, but when you talk about destruction, don't you know you can count me out? What's the point? You're just playing the same game and calling it a different name. We don't need to hate this control system because if we hate the control system, we become the control system. We're bigger than that. We don't bloody take what it's trying to do and love in its true sense, my goodness me. You try messing with that in terms of telling it what to think and do. But you don't have to hate, you just become what you hate. What we need to do is realize what freedom is and realize who we are and then we might have a chance of bringing this to an end. What they're terrified of is not protest, but in us coming together, no matter what race, no matter what religion or no religion, no matter what income bracket, and healing the fault lines, the manufactured fault lines of divide and rule. That's what they're terrified of because they have to divide and rule us because together it's a fly on an elephant's back that we're dealing with here. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Part of that coming together is that someone else's injustice is our injustice. If we only uh, think injustice is worth challenging when it's something that affects us, A, we are allowing that injustice to grow and grow and grow and eventually it will knock on our door. As Pastor Neomola said, first they came for the Jews and I was not a Jew so I did nothing. Then they came for the communists, I was not a communist so I did nothing. Then they came uh, for the trade unionists, I was not a trade unionist, I did nothing. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak out for me. We need to stop complying and start defying by non-complying. There will be no change. We have to comply with our own enslavement because the numbers mean we cannot be enslaved otherwise. Comply with our own enslavement, no, no, no. Supporting the non-compliance of others, of their enslavement, yes, yes, yes. We need to come together. As George Orwell said, until they become conscious, they will never rebel. And until after they have rebelled, they cannot become conscious. Well, how about not rebelling? How about just not cooperating? Not cooperating. Okay, some guy in a suit, whoever it is, comes out of the White House, comes out of Downing Street. We've had a meeting, we've had a discussion. This is what we're going to do. This is what's going to happen. And if when they said this is what we're going to do, vast numbers of people said we ain't doing it. No power. Our enslavement is our compliance with our enslavement. We need what I call the non-comply dance, the non-comply dance, compliance where people dance to a different drum, dance to a different beat. No, no more do we comply out of fear of not complying with these dark suits and people. We stop complying, but we stop complying with a smile on our face and a heart that's open, not in anger, not in bitterness, but in steely, we are not having it. So we hold our vibration and don't get pulled into theirs. Awaken. Remember who you are. We are all one. All one consciousness.
Freedom is being yourself without permission. People think, oh, we're all one. Oh, we're all the same then. I'm oneness and I'm oneness and I'm oneness. That's not it. When you disconnect from oneness into the uh, limitation of mind and senses, that's when you become, I'm not oneness, I'm not oneness, I'm not oneness. Oneness is what? It is the celebration that we're all expressions of all possibility. Celebrating spontaneity. Celebrating creativity. Celebrating uniqueness is to celebrate the oneness of everything, which is just all possibility under another name. It takes nothing to join the crowd. It takes everything to stand alone. And we're not more and more standing alone because there is a great awakening going on. The only way this world is going to change, this reality is going to change, is when there is a consciousness shift, an expansion of consciousness beyond time and space, beyond the bounds of time and space. And there is the gateway to that, that this system wants to shut. Open our minds and clear our minds of the clutter, the irrelevant clutter that the system wants us to take seriously, breaking the spell breaking the hypnotic trance, breaking the trance that these people put us in. What if this was some type of a projection, holographic projection? It is a summation of more than 20 years of research on one subject, and that is, why do some people do so well in life, while so many more do not? And the first thing let's talk about is the magic word. The experts call it the most important word as far as the results we get from life are concerned in this or any other language. And that word is attitude. It is our attitude toward life which will determine life's attitude toward us. Let's face the fact honestly that we shape our own lives and the shapes of them will be determined by our attitudes. A person with a poor attitude toward learning, for example, isn't going to learn much until he changes his attitude. If we take the attitude that we cannot do something, we generally will not do it. An attitude of failure, and we're whipped before we start. So we know then that what we receive from life, what we accomplish or fail to accomplish, is due in large measure to our overall attitude. We're so familiar with ourselves, we tend to take ourselves for granted. We tend to minimize the things we can accomplish, the goals we can reach, and for some equally strange reason, believe others can accomplish things in our field which we cannot. There are literally millions of human beings living narrow, darkened, frustrated lives, living defensively, simply because they take a defensive, doubtful attitude toward themselves, and as a result, toward life in general. Many people are suspicious of and oppose change. Yet change is the one thing in life on which we can absolutely count. People who stay young all the years of their lives not only welcome change, but see it for what it really is, new opportunity, new chances for further fulfillment. Attitude is a reflection, a result of a person's will. It is incalculably powerful. It can bring about marvelous results for us, but we need to train it patiently, day by day. Now let's talk about the attitudes of people who are successful. The top 5% of the people who go sailing through life from one success to another and who, even when they fail at something, shrug it off and head right out again. No matter who the person is or what he does, men and women in sales, business executives, people in all the professions, wives and mothers, students, top people in the armed forces, public servants, 
men and women in the service of religion, working men and women in all fields of endeavor. Wherever you find a person doing an outstanding job and getting outstanding results, you will find a person with the right kind of attitude. These people take the attitude toward themselves that they can accomplish what they set out to accomplish, that there's no good reason on earth why they can't be competent, successful. They have a healthy attitude toward themselves and, as a result, toward life and the things they want to accomplish. And because of this, they achieve some remarkable things, and they come to be called successful, outstanding, brilliant, lucky, and a lot of other things. They're quite frequently no more brilliant or outstanding than the majority of the people by whom they're surrounded. But they did develop the right attitude, and they found their accomplishments not too difficult, and many times surprisingly easy, simply because it seems that so few are really trying, really believe in themselves. Successful people come in all shapes and sizes and in widely varying degrees of intelligence, background, and so on. But they all have one thing in common. They expect more good out of life than bad. They expect to succeed more than they fail. If you want something worthwhile, take the attitude that there are a lot more reasons why you can have it than there are that you cannot and set out to earn it. Go after it, work at it, ask for it, and nine times out of ten, you'll get it. Our environment is really a mirror of our mental attitude. If we don't like our environment, we have to change our attitude first. Now, the world plays no favorites. It's impersonal. It doesn't care whether we change or not. Adopting a good, healthy attitude toward life doesn't affect the world and the people in it nearly as much as it affects us. It would be impossible to even estimate the number of jobs which have been lost, the number of promotions missed, the number of sales not made, the number of marriages ruined by poor attitudes. But you can number in the millions the jobs which are held but hated, the marriages which are tolerated but unhappy, all because of people who are waiting for the world and others to change toward them, instead of being big enough and wise enough to at least make a test which will prove beyond any shadow of a doubt where most or at least a big part of the trouble lies. Studies made of the lives of literally thousands of successful people have shown that they radiate confidence, assurance, they expect success, and they get success. You can spot these people by the way they walk, by the way they look and act. You can feel it about them when they enter a room. They may be short and fat or tall and thin or any combination in between, but they have about them the attitude of success. In five years or less, you can get right to the top of the work you're now doing. I know this, but the important question here is, do you know this? The minute you do know it, you'll have this right attitude I'm talking about. The easiest and most effective means of forming a good attitude habit is to begin to act as though you have a good, positive, expectant attitude toward life. That's right. Begin right now to walk, act, and look as though you belong to this group. If you're already in the top 5%, you'll know what I mean. If you've never tried it, you'll be amazed at what happens. Actions trigger feelings, just as feelings trigger actions. Now, let me tell you of a little test you can make which will prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that a good attitude can change a person's life as dramatically as walking from a darkened room into the bright, clear light of day. Not long ago, I read a line which went, Life is dull only to dull people. This is true, but it also could have read, Life is interesting only to interesting people, or life is successful only to successful people. And what I'm trying to say is that you must first become mentally, from an attitude standpoint, that which you wish to achieve. 
A famous restaurateur was being interviewed by a reporter who asked, when did you become successful? He replied, I was successful when I was sleeping on park benches because I knew what I wanted to do and that I would do it. In short, his attitude had been one of success, of expecting success long before the material, the tangible rewards of success had been earned. For now, remember that a person must act, look, and because of these things, feel successful before the success he seeks can come. Chances are you know people who seem to be what others call lucky. All kinds of good and wonderful things seem to happen to them, and they give the impression of happily sailing through life, having a wonderful time, and getting more accomplished in a year than most people do in five. This has been figured out fairly scientifically, and if anyone will conscientiously go about the test I'm going to recommend, and stay with it every day for the next 30 days without fail, that person can join this small, happy, and extremely productive group of people. He'll find himself becoming lucky, as they say, and most of his problems will pretty well take care of themselves. Of this you can be sure. The results will be nothing short of amazing. Now, it makes no difference how good a person's attitude has been in the past. Anything can be improved upon, and it's the small refinements upon something already good that makes it great. So here's the test. For the next 30 days, act toward the world, everything and everyone with whom you come in contact, with the attitude which represents the kind of results you want to achieve. That is, if the result you want is more success in what you're doing, act as though you are already in possession of the success you seek. If you want others to treat you with admiration and respect, treat others with admiration and respect first. Have you ever stopped to think of this? Every human being on Earth is the most important human being on Earth as far as he or she is concerned. You may never get anyone to admit it, but it's a fact. So for the next 30 days, treat every person with whom you come in contact as the most important person on Earth, remembering as you do so that as far as that person is concerned, he is. Now the reason I say treat everyone in this fashion is mainly because this is the way human beings ought to treat each other and because it will help you form a habit that will bring you amazing and delightful results for the rest of your life. Have you ever noticed that the higher you go in any organization of value, the nicer the people seem to become? You see, the bigger the person, the easier it is to talk to him, to get along with him, to do business with him. Do you know why? It's because he's got a good attitude, and people with the best attitudes just naturally gravitate toward the top. So for 30 days, act toward others and the world at large in exactly the same manner you want the world and others to act toward you. Treat your wife or husband as the person he or she really is, the most important person in your life. The same with the children. Carry out into the world each morning for 30 days the kind of attitude you would have if you were the most successful human being on earth. And notice how it quickly develops into an habitual attitude. When a person does this, he should realize he has already placed himself on the road to what he seeks. He is, right now, in the top 5% of the people in this or any other country. He has prepared the ground and planted the seed. He has made of himself a magnet, an embodiment of that which he seeks. Before metal can be cast into a desired shape, the mold, the expectant receptacle, must first be fashioned. Before a building can be erected, the excavation must be made and the foundation laid. And before a person can achieve the kind of life he wants, he must become that kind of individual. He must think, act, talk, walk, and conduct himself in all of his affairs as would the person he wishes to become. He is then actually that person, and the things that person would have and do will naturally come to him.
There's nothing in the world that men, women, and children want and need more than the feeling that they're important, that they're needed and respected. They will give their love, their affection, their respect, and their business to the person who fills this need. So the magic word is attitude. 